You are listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Fire at night and a cloud of in a day. That's the type of the Holy Spirit, the great comforter. Warmth at night when it got cold. Shade during the day. Just stay in the shade and go with God. Top of the being led by the Holy Spirit. But guess what? They came up to River Jordan. They still couldn't cross over because of unbelief. See, we've got a lot of people in the body of Christ saved, baptized, filled with the Spirit, but refuse to change the way they think. They refuse to repent in their mind, to change the way, to, to take what's in their heart and get out that doubt and disbelief and start seeing God in them. Scripture says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not Christ in everybody else. Christ in you. I mean, when you start seeing, mm, mm, Jesus sitting up on the throne, He is. He's in here. Christ in you is the hope. Glory has hope. And that hope is that when they put Jesus in your heart, that you would manifest him on this planet. Man, that's Christ in you is the hope of glory. See, that's having faith that God is in you and will work through you. It's not having faith in you. I tell you what, the children of Israel had a... Their, their problem was this, and this is the problem. Now, now listen to this, because I'm going to take it a step further, because it's always taught that you are what someone else thinks you are. You know, that's what's usually taught. It says you're not who you think you are. You are who someone else thinks you are. How do you know what they're thinking? See, <laughs> so you can't stop there. Because what's reality is this. You're not who, the way you are, usually, except it's not, not in this church, of course, because we've been redeemed, we've got a renewed mind, we're out of that bondage of uh, uh, codependent Christianity and all that kind of stuff. But just in human beings in our, in our psyche, you're not who you are, you're not who someone else thinks you are, you are who you think someone else thinks you are. Because you don't know what they think. You're thinking you know what they're thinking. <laughs> Do you see how stupid that is? I mean, my goodness gracious, you don't even know what you're thinking, and you're turning around saying you know what someone else is thinking, so you're going to line up with what they're thinking so you can be a grasshopper in their eyes. See, when the children of Israel went over to the promised land and they sent their spies out, they, said, they came back, oh, it's just like God said. There's a land that flows with milk and honey. All the promises of God are there. Hallelujah. But we were grasshoppers in their eyes. They thought they knew what they were thinking, and so they became it in their actions. They didn't cross over because they thought they knew what they... If they only would have known what the giants were thinking... Because the Bible tells us the giants were scared for when they crossed over. They were ready to give up. See, your problems are ready to give up if you just step on over because it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. Man, we could go home right now and have be had good church. All right, well, I'm not going to preach a good word. I'm going to preach something else. So I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, you know, we're not the largest church in town, and uh, that's not the goal. But I want you to know the effect 
See, some of the we're just we we're doing things different. Uh, I, I know a lot of churches have a lot of uh, uh, vision for Africa and in other parts of the world, and that's okay. But that's not my vision. That's not my heart. Now we do have a primary school in Kenya, Africa that we support, and we're going to continue to support that. And by the way. That quarter is coming to an end. We need to send some more finances. So if God puts the children in Kenya, Africa, that's part of our Bible school. Every time I say, mm-hmm, Carolyn, just, I say, Carolyn, you know, we're, it's time for us to send some more money, some more finances. So if you have anything that you can designate for the children in Kenya, Africa, bring it, bring it home. Bring it in here. Mark it on the envelopes. We'll make sure it gets there. Uh, as of right now, we're the sole supporters. You understand? So we need some more help, all right? Uh, they're doing what they can do, but they can't do anything more than that. So we'd like to increase that. But uh, we can also pray for other people to come across their path to, so we're not the sole supporters, amen? I believe in that. Uh, but uh, one of the things, my, my heart is for where I live. God's, I believe God's given me responsibility not for Africa, not for Europe. Uh, but wherever I'm at, whatever door God has me go through, I believe that's where I'm supposed to focus. That's my area of responsibility. He, doesn't, he didn't make me responsible for people. And if you got relatives in Ada, that, 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 that's, I'm not speaking. I'm just, he didn't call me to Ada, Oklahoma. You know, I'm in Durant, Bryan County. And so that's my focus. And just to let you know how we're using some of the uh, how we're trying to be stewards with the finances that come in. Uh, I think we have we have four youth that are getting lessons. Three youth, four youth, four youth. We have four youth and one adult that's getting lessons, music lessons, not singing guitar. One's playing uh, electric guitar, playing bass. One's playing acoustics. One's playing keyboard. See, see if we and the, the, see once they start learning what you're getting. We've been doing this for a while. Once they start learning and getting to the place that they can play. Uh, uh, pretty uh, confidently, they're going to go up and lead lead worship for our children. You see, and then our children are going to be involved in worship on their own, and, and they're gonna, the youth will be leading worship up there. And as they grow and mature in their gift, they're going to start leading worship in the youth room. And then once, then they're going to be on here. You see what I'm saying? And then guess what? If they go somewhere else, they can be a blessing. They'll have the Spirit of God. Listen. We prayed over each and every one of them individually. It's just not guitar lessons. See, we're paying for that. We're investing into their future, the gospel. We're stirring up the gift that's within them so as they grow up for the rest of their life, they can be a blessing to the kingdom of heaven on this earth through their gift that they've been good stewards over. Do you see that? See, that, that little bit of money? Come on, yeah, give it up. Come on, that's... That was, that was our youth pastor's idea. That's God. You know what I'm saying? That's God. Because that's a gift that'll keep on giving. Like a Timex. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old they get. They're going to know how to play the guitar, hit the drums, play the keyboard. They'll be able to be involved in any church's worship. And they'll be able to go back to what? Well, there was a church. There was a group of people that were faithful in their giving that allowed me to have lessons man that's awesome church awesome I mean talking about good stewards that money's going to go a long way you know you can give out money and not go very far 
that's going to go a long way. Amen? So just let you know some of the things we're doing. We're doing there's other things, but that right there, that's what that's fresh on my heart. Amen? All right, John 10 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it. What's it? Life. That you can have life more abundantly. Jesus came and died on the cross. There is no question. Jesus came and died on the cross and resurrected from the grave. See, we focus so much in Christendom on the cross. I mean, I look around here, and I look around here, and all we see are crosses on the on the walls of the building. We see crosses in front of the the churches. We see crosses on top of the steeples, and we're so focused on the cross. What it does psychologically in our mind, because the cross is a place of suffering and shame. That's what we end up looking for in life. We focus on, well, I've just got to suffer for Jesus. I can't live like I just see. There's something. There's something in our heart that's working contrary to us. It's our vision. You know, we need to work with me here. I'm not saying the cross isn't important. You can't have resurrection without Calvary. But Calvary's not the excuse me. Calvary's not the reason. The resurrection is the reason. Do you realize that sin wasn't paid for at Calvary? Well, I thought it was the cross. That's where it started. That's where the blood was shed, but the, sin, the blood still had to be taken to the throne and paid for, sprinkled on the mercy seat to pay the price for it. Do you understand that? See, we stop all that activity at the cross. Everybody wears crosses. The sin didn't get paid for at the shedding of the blood. The sin got paid. See, even within the, 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 the children of Israel, when they, would, when they would have a sacrifice, when they would sacrifice whatever animal they were sacrificing, the blood was shed, but the priest still had to take the blood into the Holy of Holies to pay the price. It was proof of a death. In the book of Hebrews it says that a will is not ratified without proof of death. What God had stored up in heaven in his heart to forgive all men wasn't forgiven the moment Jesus died on the cross. It was forgiven the moment the blood arrived in heaven. That's why it's important for us to understand that it's just not the cross. See, as long as you're focused at the cross, you're seeing the suffering, the shame, the persecution. See, the, the cross is a place of enduring. The scripture says he endured the cross. Because of what? Who for the joy set before... And that's good preaching. You just go ahead. You can quote that scripture. Who for the joy set before him... Here's resurrection. Here's the mercy seat. Here's the throne of God. Here's Calvary. He endured this. Who for the joy set before him endured this. So you wouldn't have to. You don't have to suffer. Jesus did. You understand what I'm saying? The victory 
is not here. The victory is in the resurrection. The scripture says this, that the very spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Are we walking around? Are we being effective? Are we living a life as a bunch of stinky sheep? Are we walking around as ambassadors? Full of the power and authority of our king. Making an impact. Bringing joy and happiness everywhere we go. Bringing confidence and faith. Are, are, we, bring, are we doomsayers? Are we... Are, are, are we coming in and are, are, are you changing the atmosphere where you work? Are, what's the atmosphere in your home? We take better care of the people we minister to than we do our own homes. They're the ones we're supposed to be ministering to the most. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not about the show you can put on the outside. It's about what's really taking place on the inside. I'll read the scripture again. It says this, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy that's not even what we're talking about. We're talking about this. I have come. He didn't come. Yes, he came to die on the cross. Work with me. But the purpose, the reason he came to die on the cross was that we would have life and we'd have that life more abundant. And that's talking about right here, not up there. That in the right there are so many Christians that are sitting around waiting for them if they just hold on here goes that song again every time I say this I think of that song though none go with me I can just see it I still will follow though none oh, sacrificing and struggling for Jesus in this world not taking anybody with you not making an impact not stirring up faith not being a testimony, just being a stinky sheep. One in a herd. It's easy to be a herd of one. Sorry. Flock, herds with cattle. Sheep, I knew I had something wrong there. Come on, church. It's not about you hanging on to someday you might make it. It's about you living in the kingdom of heaven on earth today. Living in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Being able to touch people. I, I, the Ramcom, I got around all kinds of pastors. One of, them, one, one of the, my dearest and closest friend as of last, no. <laughs> person I'm building a relationship with. He personally has risen. I think I told you about it last week or was it Wednesday night? I can't remember when I told you. Wednesday night? He's raised, raised three people from the dead. Now, I, I, I saw you. What about you, Pastor? I haven't been there yet. I had an opportunity. You know that? I did. I had an opportunity. I was pastoring a church in St. Cloud, Minnesota. We've been there for five years. And... A lady had called me, and I was, didn't understand that I was diabetic and my blood sugar was almost 500 for every day. Didn't realize the mental state I was in, but that's no excuse. Pastor in church, she called me. She was an older woman that had just given birth. She was at the age everybody was just amazed. You did what? You're what? You're pregnant. 
how can this be? One of those kind of things. And uh, she didn't come to our church. She'd been there a few times, and uh, she went to another church. But when she was, gave delivery to the, the child, the child was born dead. And uh, one of the things they allow the mom to do in that period of time is hold the child and go through a process of, of mourning and, you know, kind of just helps that process. And she called me, not her pastor. She, she didn't call her pastor, she called me because she knew. She, she called me from the hospital says, my baby was just born dead. Will you come up here and pray? I know you'll pray because you're a man of faith. This is, this is not a joke. I went up there. I, I, I knew what this lady looked like, kind of, sort of, type of thing. And I was not in a I, see, this is when I knew I had some problems on the inside. Where? On the inside. And I walked into that room, and she was so excited. She put that, got up, she gave me that baby. It was blue. It was cold. It was wrapped in a little bank, blanket. And I, I remember standing there, sitting there like this. And the first thought that went through my, now, see, the first thought that went through my head is, why are you bothering me with this? I didn't care I'm sorry I wished I could give you a praise report that I breathed on it and prayed over it and the baby came to life but I failed I didn't I didn't have faith the word of God was not coming forth from the inside of me I was more concerned about me than I was that baby. I believe with all my heart today if that was my opportunity to speak life into something that was dead and it would have come alive. I know it. To this day, I know that. See, you don't get opportunities like that very often. How often do you have the opportunity to pray for someone that's dead? I was just being like everybody else in church. Religious. Saying one thing but not believing another. Oh, most pastors stand up and give you all the praise reports. Couldn't do it on this one. because faith wasn't alive in me. Hmm. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians 15. See, it's ours to do. You might be saying, well, why didn't God just... Because God put the authority in us to do. Do you understand that? God's just not going to sovereignly just make the world a happy place. He gave that responsibility to us to tend the garden, to determine what happens in this world. Matter of fact, I, I, as I'm thinking about that, I, I wished I had a whole line of success stories of how I stood in faith and God 
I've got more of a line of, of failures of where I didn't have faith in the time of need. But guess what? The scripture says, blessed is he believes without seeing. I still have faith. God hasn't condemned me. He's blessed me. Give me another chance. I'm not going to fail again. You understand what I'm saying? See, we just keep on. Because we have a relationship. We learn. We grow. Learn from my mistake. I hope, you, I hope if you get that opportunity, you'll, you'll breathe into that baby's nostrils and speak the life of God and watch that little color come back to skin again and just pitter-patter, pitter, boom, life come forth. Rebuke death, speak life in Jesus' name. Or else we're just playing religion. We're just playing church. And I don't want any part of that. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want any part of that. If we're not going to apply this Might as well put a lodge number out in front. Man. First Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read this. We read this on Wednesday night. I'm going to read it again. And I'm going to read this one verse just by itself without giving you the context to show you something so don't leave here don't get up and run out the doors the moment I read this verse let me finish verse 19 if in this life only excuse me chapter 15 verse 19 that's that dyslexic thing happening verse 19 chapter 15 second excuse me first Corinthians if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. Wait a minute. When's the last time you heard someone read a scripture and said that if you hope in Christ, you're going to be the most miserable? But that's what the look of the church is. That's the status of the church. Most church people are walking miserable. You go in there and you get beat up. You come out beat up. You don't feel happy. You don't feel joy. You don't feel victorious. You feel condemned. You felt put to death. You've been told what's wrong with you, not what's right with you. Because all you've heard about is Calvary. You haven't heard about the resurrection of Jesus Christ where we get our life and our victory. Come on, the law, if you've been under the law for any length of time, there's only one thing the law pointed out to you, and it wasn't God. The law pointed you out. The scripture says the truth will set you free from what? It will set you free from you. You'll get your eyes off of you when you're out of the law. As long as you're under the law and any teaching of the law, all you'll do. Listen, the children of Israel were, had their Passover. They were saved. They had their baptism through the Red Sea. They had their leading of the Holy Spirit in the desert. What was the next thing that happened to them? They received the Ten Commandments and all the, 
the other law pertaining to the things of the children of Israel. And then they came to the Jordan. They, go, kids. Go, kids. See, that's children's church. Come on. Y'all should be louder than them. This is good preaching. I'm going to put y'all up there and bring them down here. Y'all might like that, though. Can't you? But see, they were, they were saved, baptized, led of the Holy Ghost. They received the law. They came to the Jordan to go into the promised land. And what happened? The Bible says they had an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief? Wait a minute. At one time, they believed God. They had faith that the death angel would pass over. They had faith that the blood on the post would set them free from the bondage of Pharaoh. They had faith in God to stand there and walk through the Red Sea before it collapsed on them. They had faith that it wouldn't collapse on them. They knew it was God's blessing that they go across the Red Sea. They had faith enough to follow the Holy Spirit, but they didn't have faith enough to cross over to a land that God said was theirs, that they could do what God said they could do and have what God said they could have and be the person that God said that they already were. Why? Because they got the law. And all the law did was point out to them what was wrong with them. That's all the law's going to do. What, do you, what are you not doing good enough? Nothing. I'll answer the question for you. You're not. He is. But see, it's not about you doing the work it's about you allowing God in you to do the work do you understand what I'm saying it's not about you do, it's you having faith that God's in you and from, from within you is going to flow rivers of living water the scripture says this if you believe in Jesus as the scripture says to believe it's on our sign out there in paraphrased of course it says if you believe in Jesus as the scripture says to believe in Jesus rivers of life words will come out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth? Oh, I got my cancer back. Is that, is that words of life? Why? The tension is on yourself again. What happened to Job the moment he got his eyes off himself and got his eyes on his friends and prayed for his friends? He got healing to himself. I'm meddling, let's go on. I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of this. Verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiful. But, verse 20 says, but, everybody say but. See, I didn't stop right there with that one verse. But now Christ is risen from the dead. See, if all you believe in is Jesus on the cross, what does Romans 10, 10, 9 say? Romans 10, 9 says this. It says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall experience salvation. It doesn't say if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that He died on the cross. I understand you got to have a dying on the cross before you have a resurrection. But church, it's time to look at the resurrection more than you're looking at the cross. Paul, oh, I tell you, I, I don't know if you're... Anyway, I'm going to speak it out there. I just hope you get it. Verse 20, But now Christ is risen from the dead 
and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man death came, how did this talking about Adam, right? For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. That's Jesus. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Have you been made alive? Well, I'm going to heaven, Brother Curtis. I don't care. I'm sorry I told you I was different. I don't care. Are you living in heaven on earth? Are you making a difference now? Listen, if all life is about is you getting saved and going to heaven, go ahead and die now. When's the last time you heard that? God's got the power. Got the power. Got saved. Boom. Get him out of there before he messes up. Boom. Get him out of there before he makes a bad witness. Lightning bolt. Boom. Got that one saved. Ha <laughs> ha Got him. That's not the purpose. The purpose is that we can live as ambassadors, not cheap. Being a testimony of his goodness and greatness and having dominion on this earth and changing the atmosphere of Bryan County. Amen. Changing the atmosphere in our homes. Full of faith. Woman of faith. Come on now. That's a testimony. You understand? Bringing faith into a situation instead of fear and doubt and disbelief. Oh, bless God. I'm just believing. No, you're not believing nothing. Well, Pastor, I'm just believing God. You ever heard of the spirit of slap? <laughs> oh, his hand sometimes just wants to... Just kidding, just kidding. It's a ministry not mentioned in the Word. Hallelujah. Well, look at that. We just. <laughs> I wonder what's not mentioned in the Word. <laughs> oh, I got too many scriptures here. Romans. I'll skip down to this one. I'll be nice. Nah. Okay, Romans. Sorry, I took too long with some other stuff. Romans chapter. Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if, if by one man's offense death reigned through the one. Does everybody understand what that's talking about? By the sin of Adam, death reigned. It's called the law of sin and death. You did not... Listen... You were dead in your trespasses and sin. We've read that in Colossians. We've taught on that before. We were forgiven of our trespasses. The scripture says in Colossians 2, verse 14, that, uh, 13 to 4, it says, You were dead in your trespasses and sin. And God has made us alive. How? By forgiving us all trespasses. Wait a minute. We were dead in ours, but He forgave us of all. Because if you would never even had a trespass, you'd still be guilty of all of them. You understand that? If you think you've lived a life of no sin, it doesn't matter. Because just because you were born after Adam, your nature is as a sinner. It's called the law of sin and death. Matter of fact, right, we, shot, 
We did shock a few people the other day. I, I'm looking at the clock, and I, I don't want you to leave here thinking that it's, it's heresy, but it'll give you something to chew on. Do you realize the Ten Commandments were never given to the Gentiles? It's almost like the number one thing the churches are trying to declare is the Ten Commandments instead of the Gospel of Christ. The Gospel of Christ is that He, risen from, he rose from the grave and sits at the right hand of the Father. That's victory. But most churches, their mission is to hold up the Ten Commandments. And unless you're a Jew, they weren't, weren't given to you. You can't show me. There's no theological seminary in the world. And I've challenged it. That can show me or anybody else where the Ten Commandments were ever given to the Gentiles. The Jews were never told to take the... God gave the Jews the Ten Commandments. I can see some shock on some people's faces. Okay, you're talking about the sacred archive of the church. Yes, I am. Because all it's done is produce religion. It hadn't produced life. I am. Mm. Thou shalt not kill... In Colossians it says the law, the law of the requirements were against us. What do you mean against us? Paul is talking to Gentiles in Colossians when he says this. He says they were against us. What's that mean they were against us? Thou shalt not kill. Then he turns, that's pretty good. I like that bass in there. Awesome. As soon as he says thou shalt not kill, do you realize there was no killing of the Gentiles? until after the law came says thou shalt not kill that's when the Jews began to kill all the Moabites the Amorites, the Hittites, the Philistines David killed Goliath I thought he wasn't supposed to kill it was okay to kill Gentiles it wasn't okay to kill Jews they weren't for us people I know that shocks a lot of theology, doesn't it? I know you have a hard time. I'll probably never see you again. That's why the seats are empty. <laughs> but you need to understand. You need to understand the scripture says that he nailed it to the cross. What? He nailed the law to the cross. Took it out of the way. So we could walk into the promises land. Man. Let me read this. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one much more how much how much more much much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will what reign everybody say reign we are supposed to reign in this life and I'm not talking about reigning. I'm talking about kingdom reigning. Taking charge, subduing, and taking charge, ruling and reigning. Our God is an awesome God who reigns from heaven above. 
He is our God. We are His ambassadors. And He reigns through us. That means we have influence. We just don't have influence. The stuff is ours. It's not the world's. It's ours. It's time for the children of God to take back what the devil has stolen, take back the businesses, take back the wealth, take back the prosperity, take back the fun, take back the friendships, take back everything the world says is theirs and say, no, it's God. We are going to rule and reign on this planet and give glory to God and tell, we're going to stir up faith in people. We're supposed to rule and reign. Though none go with me. Uh, that's not reigning. Man, we should be the... Are you just saying we're supposed to be happy and prosperous? Yes! You mean I don't have to be limited? No! The unsearchable riches means that You can't even imagine the goodness of God that's poured out on you. Tap into it. Just taste and see that the Lord is good. And His what? Mercies. Everybody say mercy. Don't say law. His law does not endure forever. It had a beginning and it has an end. <laughs> but His mercy, what? Endures forever. Because it didn't have a beginning and it will never have an end. Dang it. I better close. Pam, I better close. I might get excited. Everybody stand up. <laughs> Everybody stand to your feet. Let's put our confession on the board if you don't mind. Can you do that real quick? A couple press of a button. Oh, that's about as quick as I can even turn around. Let's see if you can take it off the board. Okay, no, just kidding. Let's read what it says here. I am totally... Okay, let's start all over. Sorry. I am totally loved, fully pleasing, and complete in Christ Jesus with all the power of resurrection available to me. I believe that the church is the body of Christ, and I am part of that body. The building we meet in is an embassy, not a barn. Wait a minute, let's, let's go back to that one again. I, I like the way you did that. We're going we're gonna to magnify the not part, okay? The building we meet in is an embassy, not a barn. I like that. The life I live, I don't live for me, but for others. I have access to everything that pertains to life and godliness. I am everything God says I am. I can do everything God says I can do. I can have everything God says I can have. I uproariously laugh when I hear a lie from the devil. We are a people of our destiny, not a people of our history. Ooh. Therefore, I make it my aim, whether I have or have not, to be well-pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for all that you're doing in our midst. Father, we thank you that your ways are for us and not against us. 
Father, I thank you that your will is for us to be prosperous and be in health even on this planet. And all God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen. God bless you.